Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, a uh, little reservation there in your voice at no, the end. No, 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 no. Uh, pause for dramatic effect. Oh, okay. Well, you did a nice job. Thank you. Yeah. Just like, really draw the listener in. Yes. Boom. My yeah. everything. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Phil, I do have to say, on Monday at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse in Littleton. Off Santa Fe? Yes. Farm home. Brewery you, Lane? Yeah, exactly. You seemed a little saddened. I was a little bit saddened. And I, I think I was a little bit saddened as well. Why were you saddened? Because you were sad. Oh, got it. Okay. But we, uh, we of course, there had been a Broncos loss the previous day. Yes. But I feel like we're back. You're back. I mean, we, I, on Monday I was like, and the Broncos are never going to win a football game ever again. What's the rule for you? You know, like the players have like a 24-hour rule. I, as long like, as what I'm. What do you think, 48 for you? Or? As long as I'm ready to go Wednesday when we get back into the next game week, the next podcast yeah. Recording. I yeah, mean, to exactly. me, that's when you got to be ready to go. You got to flip the page. And I, uh, I'm feeling optimistic again. So I'm feeling good. I think there's a way the Broncos go into the Steel City and get. I like a d- how you said that. Get a dub. That was good. So yeah, I'm ready for this podcast. You know how many rivers are in that city? It's not one. It's I don't not think. Not one. And I don't think it's two either. No, and I don't think there's four. No, that's too many. That's that is one too many. I think. Yeah. yeah, for that city. Three. I think so. Yeah, I think they so. should have called it like Three River Stadium or something like that. A mistake. Yeah, why, why didn't they do that? Uh, of course, the Broncos are facing the Steelers this Sunday. An interesting matchup here because the Broncos, obviously we know, need to bounce back after this Ravens game. Justin Simmons was asked about how are you going to do it, and he goes, we don't have any other choice. We just got to do it. No other choice. No other choice. But the the Steelers coming in, their season kind of might be on the line here. Yeah, they're one and three, Phil. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. You view Pittsburgh like going into the year. Always, yeah. This is one of the hardest road trips. You got to. They're playing a renegade. It's loud. They they're played waving renegade these little, at practice on Wednesday here for the Broncos. They did. You got to get used to that. They're waving towels. Yeah, you Do you think to, they should have had the media waving towels downstairs? Yeah, just that could have been nice. Make them feel comfortable. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you, you view this as normally one of the toughest games, one of the toughest road trips on the schedule. But the truth is the Steelers haven't been very good, and that kind of makes it dangerous in its own right because, like you said, Phil, they're kind of back into a corner. They have to – if they lose here and drop to 1-4, and four, playoff chance is probably over. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger has to go sit on the bench. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, obviously, I've seen his highlights on a loop on the TVs all around the facility here. ESPN, NFL Network, all playing these missed throws from Big Ben. Uncharacteristic type of plays. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's going to be going up against his Broncos defense that's going to be hungry to prove itself after letting Lamar Jackson uh, really take over that game last week. Definitely. But, I mean, we know Big Ben, Phil. He made some plays last year that helped the Steelers get that win. Picked on Michael Ojemudia a lot, so... I'm not. I I'm don't not. Think Ojemudi is going to play in this one. I do not believe so. Yeah. So. so <laughs> what's going to happen? What does that mean? I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll obviously get into the Broncos' quarterback situation too. Not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to make it right now. Some encouraging signs. Vic Fangio said he was going to lift on Wednesday. He was in there. Did you see him in there when you were? I. It was probably like 4:45 when I got done. So. A.M. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, and then. 
when other time. Oh, you no, think no, no, I would no. li- lift that late? Well, I go back in afterwards. That's why I was like, yeah, but I'm not, which lift? I'm not done. I'm not done working yeah. at 4:45 p.m. So okay. that's more normally like seven, seven thirty. You go back in there, get another pump. Got it. Then yeah. But no, I was, I was. Uh, they've only got like six plates in there that are big oh. enough for me to use. So I was putting all those back after I had all of them kind of on the bar. And you, and then I Teddy saw Teddy come in. Yeah. yeah. And that, did you offer to help? Like spot or anything? We're not doing the same weights, Phil. I think he was taking it a little bit easy. Oh, okay. so that's not good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was he doing heavy back squats? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if Derek Wolf was here leading the uh, sure, the strength and conditioning. No, Phil, we did hear that Teddy Bridgewater did some lifting. I didn't see him today, but he also was apparently at team meetings. He was out there at practice. Good sign. He he was not practicing a little bit. He's see, out there at practice. Yeah, he was out but there. But he was not practicing. Was Similar not practicing. to how we were out there at practice. Yeah. But you didn't practice. No. No. But I think if you just casually say, yeah, he was out there at practice, oh, you might people. think, oh, he practiced. Yeah. He did not practice. Got it. Yeah. Like if I, were, if I were to say you were at work, someone might think but, Phil was working. Correct. But that, Common mis- yeah, you being at work does not mean you were necessarily. Same as like with Ben Swanson. Yeah. 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 You guys could be at work. It definitely does not mean you're doing work. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I try to just get through the hours. Yeah. And then I just go home. Yeah. yeah. You're always That's like, right. was that Phil I just saw? And then you kind of dart I'm, behind a corner. And you... I'm just trying to listen to the neutral zone all day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to review the tape. <laughs> How do you get better? Yeah, exactly. You, you go back. But, okay, so if Teddy can't play, it'll be Drew Locke. Yep. And uh, bashing Drew Locke has become a new hat. <laughs> You know, hobby for people uh, in Broncos country. Yeah, outside they of this, outside of this building. Enjoy doing Let's it. clarify that the the team is not the bashing. voicemail hotline seven zero seven neutral. What about uh, the emails? Neutralzoneshow at gmail dot com. Yeah, we also had bad. It was bad. Yeah, I mean, there certainly has been a change in the tide, Phil. I know people were all team Drew Locke, and then he plays one half of football, and boom. If you go back and you listen to the archives, I think I told people that Teddy Bridgewater was going to win the competition was better for this team. So I think the lesson here, and I got called, Phil, I got called a Drew Locke hater Mm -hmm. all through training Mm -hmm. camp. You did. I just had to defend myself against these these barbs. Yeah. But I think the lesson here is You don't really hear that word every day, barbs. No, you don't. But I uh, I think the lesson here is to just listen to what I tell you. Oh, got it. That's why people listen to this show. Yeah. I'm the emotional guy. You're the guy. The stats re, facts yeah, guy. DVOA. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, I think what we want to talk about on this episode of the Neutral Zone is how can Pat Shermer put whoever is under center there in the most uh, – The best. The best way to make that person and the Broncos offense as a whole successful this week. Yes. So we'll, we'll get into that. I think running the football might be – in that equation. It could be. It could be in the equation. Then we'll have our predictions, bold predictions, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Did either bold, of us? Uh, bold pre- I, don't I don't think, think any of us. I, don't. I think I said that Did the we Ravens were going to. No, I don't know what I said. I think I said I forgot about it. the Broncos were going to hold the Ravens under 80 yards rushing. Eight, did you say 80? I think so. Isn't that what I said? I think they got more than 100. But no one really made much of a big deal no, about no, that, no, no. did they? I think I think that they went over 100. It I like, came down to the last play, but I think they did it. I like the commitment from some in the Denver market. I mean, our friend Mike Kliss, I told Big him today. Big fan of the show. told him today, 
I respect. He's go. He's interviewing Franco Harris about good. the about the Steelers yeah, streak good. from the seventies. Franco's yeah. like, I didn't even know that we had that record. Yeah, it, that's it, called developing, furthering a story. Well, maybe while you're talking to Franco, you do something on this game. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know if he did that or not. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got some quotes yeah. he's saving. And then I liked. Um, someone else asked Mike Tomlin today. Hey, what did you think about John Harbaugh's decision? Yeah, and Mike Tomlin was like, "Why would I weigh in on that? Yeah, it's I don't not want my to get game. involved. Yeah, but I don't think Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh are, are like best buds. No, but they are so. uh, two of the more respected coaches in yeah. the league. I don't think they like each other. Do you think uh, Vic and John are going to exchange Christmas cards this year or holiday cards? Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. It got deleted out it got of spicy. Uh, yeah, it got deleted out of there. Maybe you'll get added instead. I'm already in there. With John? You're not? No, with John. No, no, no. I'm saying with Vic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all get the, the meatball. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We get that. Each year it's like a different Every recipe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's the same recipe I'm getting. Oh, you're I'm only saying, getting Just different one. pictures of Vic in the kitchen making them. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I sometimes yeah. get like a nice manicotti. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because he, he usually says like, pesto. hope you have a spicy Christmas. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then he's got the meatballs stacked up like little snowmen. <laughs> oh, you can do a little Christmas tree or something? Yeah, exactly. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's a Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. Probably takes a long time it probably to get does. that photo. Yeah. How many toothpicks do you think you need to? A lot. The construction, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So we'll have bold, bold predictions. And then, like we like to do here on this Thursday show, we'll end with fan voicemails, email. We got an email from Japan. It's pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. Of course, uh, we're mailing stickers all over the world at this point, Eric. Uh, NZ Nation Thousands. Has, yeah, NZ Nation has spoken, and they wanted stickers. They did. Yeah. And we they, mailed they them. They each wanted like two or three of them. Brazil, I think yeah. I mailed one to. Peru. Wow. Uh, Germany. Russia. I We might have to start calling it NZ World. Can you see Russia Not from, from your my house? house. No. Not from my house. Okay. Not here in Colorado. Got it. A little too far away. Well, I just figured... Because you, like, people don't know this. You commute from the mountains. <laughs> you li- that is not true. You have a little hut on top of that a 14er. That's not true. Kind of like the League of Shadows yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had to, I have to bring so a flower I didn't know if, like, from that height, if you could see. Not. Nah. Okay. The horizon ends before you Oh, the, uh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, end, uh, if you'd like to be a part of a Thursday show next week down the road, 707 Neutral, that's how you get your voicemails played. 707 Neutral. Just leave a voicemail. Uh, you could also leave an email. That's right. Neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. If you want a sticker, we only have a few left, Phil, so you better email you your better, address. Better get them in your emails in quickly. Send your address. It's Phil, been awesome Phil, writing Phil, these letters. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. It's all you've had time to do. That I have been doing a lot of letters. A lot of letter writing. Uh, if you've been waiting for yours for like a week or so, it's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. And we just got a backlog here. Uh, it it kind of got out of control. You're like a little small child. Oh, give me just give me a second. Okay. You're like a little small child writing to Santa Claus about what you want. I mean, that's like how many letters you've written. Be like if each uh, gift was a different letter. A lot of Christmas themed stuff in this. Uh, no, one was holiday holiday brain, card. Huh? I mean, we're getting it's getting a little chillier out I'll here. I'll say I was at a hardware can be a, store can that be other a day. Hanukkah wish list if you would like it to be. I was at a hardware store yesterday. Yeah. All the holiday stuff was out. I was like, whoa. 
Can we just get to Halloween first? You know Halloween is also a holiday, right? I mean, like, uh, there was, like, uh, Christmas trees, snowmen, uh, reindeer, all mm. kinds of, like, displays out. Yeah. Turkeys? It's too much. Too much I didn't turkeys. See any turkeys. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see that. Rick Owens is probably Wait, not happy right now. Okay, so he just skips all this part. Yeah. Yeah. Rick. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube, too, if you'd like to be a part of the show. We read all of those. Uh, especially the ones that bash Eric a little bit. Just <laughs> yeah, get a little exactly. bit. Of, like, yeah. Why do you always wear a green shirt? I think. Why, why do you cut your hair like that? Yeah. You know, what's wrong with your voice? Well, someone discovered, Phil, someone today, we were getting uh, tested for COVID, COVID tested. as we do. Once a week. Make sure that we're very safe. Yep. Um, someone asked why your hair looked so good and so dark. And I think I spoiled things for you. I revealed that you get your hair colored now. And that they, is also not true. <laughs> Yeah. You're getting a little your, bit red. Your research on me is off today. Off, it's like okay. the address, uh, the hair. It does uh, look nice. She and- mentioned that it just looked nice today, and I was like, I, "Thank yeah. you." That's, does it make you think about uh, all the times you've gone in there without her saying? No, that? I didn't think about it that way. Only you would think. I just say thank you for the compliment. Yeah. That's what I said. She's like, this is the first like, time in a year and a half that your just, hairs look nice. Uh, that is literally the nicest thing someone could say to me, is that your hair looks nice. So I said, thank you very much. Yeah. If you say in your email that you like Phil's hair, I'll give you, you might a little get, lock. You might get two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. You didn't think I was going there? <laughs> no, I didn't. You thought an extra sticker. Yeah, maybe. extra sticker. <laughs> but no, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's jump into a little bit of football, Eric, here. Let's talk about the Broncos quarterbacks. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah let's talk I'm about imagining the-, the visual of you <laughs> clipping your hair off and putting it in. With the amount of, st- of uh, emails we've gotten, I'd yeah. be bald at the end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Broncos quarterback situation. Okay, yes, not sure who's going to be out there for the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater moving through the concussion protocol this week. Uh, Drew Locke taking the reps out of practice on Wednesday. Uh, how do you think this? How do you think this Broncos offense can help whoever's back there be successful against the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing that we mentioned kind of at the top, you got to be a little more committed to the run game. I mean. Vic Fangio talked about that it kind of got bottled up, and there certainly were some negative run plays against the Ravens, but overall it's working pretty well. And I think that you, you know, there were a lot of three-yard carries, some two-yard carries, and there were a couple negative plays that really hurt you, a, a minus three-yard run by Javante late in the first half, um, a, a zero-yard run early in the second half. But when you're getting six yards or ten yards or 14 or 12, to me that's – that's reward enough to take the risk of, you know, here's only a one-yard gain or here's only a two-yard gain or, you know, we get stopped at the line of scrimmage. Because when you run the ball, I think that you're taking some of the pressure off whoever's that quarterback, specifically if Drew Locke has to play. If you're asking him to drop back and pass every single time, especially against a Steelers defense that's going to send extra pressure, that kind of hovers these guys at the line of scrimmage, doesn't necessarily identify or let you identify who's coming at the snap. So if you can get some, I don't want to call them them cheap yards, but like bonus yards maybe from the run game, that to me is going to be important. And I think it's important with either guy, but especially if Drew has to play, you have to take some of the pressure off him because, Phil, I don't know that he's up to coming in and throwing it 40 times. That to me is not a recipe for success. You know, the thing I was thinking about this week is not knowing who's going to be back there must be very difficult for Pat Shermer because, in my mind, 
the game plans change drastically whether or not Bridgewater or Locke is in there. I, I agree with you. If Locke is in there, you want to be committed to the run, and then you want to set up play action and take some shots down the field. I think that is the recipe for success. Get Drew moving out there. Let him use his feet. Let him use his arm a little bit. And let him make easy decisions. Hey, this guy's going to be open down the field. Let's take a shot here. Maybe you hit on a big play or something, a momentum changer. Maybe you make that Steelers defense think twice um, about what they're trying to do. And then if Teddy is back there, you still want to be able to run the ball. But maybe some other stuff underneath opens up is a little bit more realistic. But regardless, I think the game plan's got to be try to keep that Steelers defense a little bit uh, off off its game in terms of the pass rush. We know that T.J. Watt is going to be chasing whoever is back there. Uh, hopefully, Garrett Bowles has a better game this week. Hopefully, maybe Dalton Reisner can play this week. Uh, not sure about Graham Glasgow, if he's going to be able to be ready to go. But if you get that O-line healthy, that'll be a big improvement. But you just can't be back there looking around seven seconds and letting T.J. Watt tee off on you because that's how somebody's going to get hurt back there. So get the run game going. Move the pocket if it's Drew. If it's Teddy, get the ball out of his hand fast. You know Some of those slant plays, I know they're missing Judy, and he would be the ideal player for that situation. But, you know, you can get the ball of Fant in different ways. I think that you could, you know, Tim Patrick is a big guy. He could box out some guys and get get some easy chunk yards there. I think get the ball out fast and stay committed to the run game. Yeah, and, you know, I think the key for Teddy is that where some of the misses were against the Ravens, and he hasn't missed every week. You know, I think it was just kind of an off day for Teddy. But some of the misses were these throws down the sideline or kind of like, uh, back shoulder throws along the sideline when he worked the middle of the field whether it was to Cortland or Tim Patrick or Noah that worked pretty well you know yep. Tim Tim was pretty open on some of those couple plays where he kind of ran just a, a comeback to the middle of the field let's see some of that sort of stuff get yep. Noah Fant going across the field where he can get some yards after the catch which he hasn't really done much of that this year he's made some plays but they've they've been shorter plays his yards per catch are not very high uh, ranked pretty low in the league, so I, I would try to get him going a little bit there. But, yeah, some of these – I mean, the issue last week against Baltimore is that it didn't even matter on some of these plays if Teddy got the ball out quick because, like, that first sack by Ola, he was by Garrett Bowles in yeah. you know, a split second. So the Broncos' offensive line has to play better over the next few weeks, particularly the tackles because, like you said, you're going to see T.J. Watt, you're going to see Miles Garrett in a couple weeks, you're going to oh. see Max Crosby next week. I mean, you've got a stretch here where – if the tackles don't play well, you know, knock on wood that and there's a table here. Yes, for everyone who knows, uh, it's got to be about more than when Teddy comes back from the concussion. You just got to keep him healthy, healthy in general. Yeah, and you know, I I'm hopeful, Phil. I'm optimistic that Teddy will be able to play. We saw him out there observing practice on Wednesday. Was able to participate in meetings and uh, lift, as we mentioned at the top. There's a, a possibility he could be limited in practice on Thursday. We, we've seen this sort of trajectory before with Philip Lindsay, I think. a couple. It might have been last year. It might have been a couple of years ago. I can't remember. But he had a concussion by Friday. He was basically a full participant, gets cleared toward the end of the week. I guess my question for you, Phil, is how, um, how confident are you that if Teddy's getting these limited reps that he can be ready to go for Sunday 
against um, the Steelers. I, I think running back, obviously, way different in terms of reps needed to just be ready to go. I think that if Teddy's in the meeting rooms, if he's out at practice observing, and then he gets maybe one or two days of practice out there, that's good enough. I mean, I think he's got full command of the offense. So um, I, I, I would feel confident that if no, no matter what, if Teddy's cleared and he's okay to go out there, I would play him at quarterback. But I think the biggest thing is just let's make sure he's okay. I mean, I think that's one thing that we've learned a lot about over the last couple of years is, like, don't rush this process. Make sure that he's 100% healthy and he's ready to go out there. But like you mentioned, some very encouraging signs, the fact that he was able to lift, the fact that he's able to be in meeting rooms, and, like, he's trending in the right direction here. So uh, I think that a lot of people are probably saying, oh, it's got to be Teddy, otherwise the Broncos have no chance. I don't necessarily think that's true, but I do think that if Teddy is healthy, you put him out there. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think the chances are better if Teddy Bridgewater is yeah. out there. And I, well, I know, I know you're not, I know you weren't saying that that wasn't the case, but you looked at this past week, and I think it became very clear why Teddy Bridgewater was named the starter, why he's the right guy to lead this offense. And something that I we saw last year in Pittsburgh, Drew played two series obviously gets strip-sacked and hurt on the second series. But Teddy, when you go against a defense like this that is going to put a lot of pressure on you, mm-hmm. um, they don't have very many takeaways, but I think still have the talent to do that with guys Minka like... Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush. We talked about TJ Watt, Cam uh, Hayward. I mean, all these guys are very good, good players. Defense. And so, to me, you need somebody that... when especially because the Steelers' offense is not very good, and we'll, we'll get to that, or haven't played very well at least, you don't want to make mistakes that can keep them in the game. And so if you go out there and you throw a pick, or you fumble the football, or you, you know, you're on your own side of the field and you have some sort of turnover, that keeps a team like Pittsburgh in the game. And I just feel better in that environment about Teddy not making that sort of mistake. I think you can look at it this way. If you were to do a self-scout of the Broncos and you, were the, you put yourself in the Steelers' shoes, you would say, okay, how do you beat this team if Drew Locke is in there? You, you stop the run, you pressure him, and you force him to make mistakes. Yeah. I think the, it, the game plan gets much more difficult if it's Teddy back there. You know, you gotta, there's a lot more layers to it then, I think. So that's just a one way to simply look at it. Yeah. I think one more thing offensively, regardless of who's playing, is that until Jerry Judy's back, and it, it did sound today, Phil, like they've received encouraging news. Six weeks is, seems realistic. Yeah, which would be after week seven. So um, Washington, a potential return date for Jerry Judy. Yep. But Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick have got to do a little bit more. More involved. You know, they've got to get more involved. They've got to be open a little bit more. Um, some of these plays that are 50-50 balls, and, and this goes to everyone really, Albert O down the sideline. That's what I was going to say. Maybe like when you have the opportunity, like with that Albert you've, you've O, you've got to make it. You've got to make that play. Um, and then the running backs have been – they just need to keep doing what they're doing. They've been pretty good, I think. I'm not concerned yeah. about them, but – Cortland wants to be a number one receiver. He's shown he's a pro bowler. Well, you got to go make pro bowl plays. And so he wasn't able – we saw in Jacksonville what happens when he's able to play at that level. Yeah. I think he can play at that level any week. But this would be a really good week for him to go out, help out his quarterback, no matter who it is, and make some plays. The Broncos have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball to win. 
It's just about getting them in the right positions and, and giving them a chance to be successful. Like you mentioned, giving Noah Fant the ball and able to run after, you know, contact. Giving, you know, Albert O a chance to go up and get some of those 50-50 balls. You know, I think that's the key. And, you know, um, the last thing I'll say about this Broncos offense is the, they just weren't on the field that, that much in that second half. And one of the – At all, really. One of the keys is, like – when it's not going well, let's just get some chunk. Just let's get like three, four yards and and keep the um, positive momentum going. You know, like all too often, especially when Drew's in there, it's like miss, maybe a negative play, and then it's like third and long, and you're just done. You got to complete passes. You've got to stay ahead of the chains, as they like to say. Yeah, I think the Broncos may have been lulled a little bit into, not to be confused with Louisville. Lull. They were lulled. Lull? Not Louisville. Got it. We're done Lowell. talking about Louisville for a while. Lowell. AJ, um, we didn't get a voicemail from him. Yeah, he's, I think he's off the train. Huh? Yeah. Um, I think they knew the, the Ravens were susceptible to the passing game. And so I think if you go back and you look at their first down plays in the first half in particular, they took some shots down the field, which if you hit is great. If you don't complete those, all of a sudden you're in second and 10. ten. And if you run for Hard a couple – Hard to run the ball. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you set yourself up for third and long. So – I wonder if this week they get back to kind of where they were, even if they do pass on first down. Maybe maybe they're taking four or five yards, like you said, staying ahead of the chains because it felt to me, especially in the first quarter when they went punt, 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 that on first down they, they were just going for it. And if you make it, great, but if you don't, you uh, you hurt yourself. Yeah, and and the last and I know I said the last thing. Gosh, this that's okay. Two last things. Yeah. For this. I think that if you need to provide a spark, don't be afraid to try something. You know, if it's just not working and you need a little spark, try a trick play. Try something. You want a trick play? Yes. I want something that's just like we have life. You know, that's that's just. I think that something like that helps get you out of a rut. Yeah, I mean, I think in the second it's half, if they to had just say that, but just yeah. try it. Well, also, I think in the second half, if they had just kept running the ball, I think that would have, yeah, helped too. Stay with the running game. Okay, all right. Let's uh, talk about the other side of the ball here. This Broncos defense didn't look like the Broncos defense we saw the first three weeks against the Ravens, but uh, now an opportunity here uh, going up against the Steelers' offense that just quite frankly hasn't looked like what we are expecting at the beginning of the season. Uh, Big Ben, uh, not as accurate maybe this year as we've seen in the past. And uh, Najee Harris, uh, he's got a lot of yards, but it's not a, a high average there for him. No. You know, I think with the Steelers, what you're seeing is Ben Roethlisberger sh- throwing a lot of short passes. A lot of dink and dunk. And so the the yards per attempt is not there. But I think what you have to be careful of this week, because we saw against the Packers, he did have a deep Some touchdown deep, throw. Yeah. I think Deontay Johnson maybe caught that. Um, what you have to be careful of is, I think when a quarterback plays dink and dunk, you're tempted to come up and challenge them. Mm. You know, And I don't know if that's playing press coverage or just letting them catch the ball in front of you and rallying to tackle, but I think there's a temptation to kind of creep toward the line of scrimmage. Okay. That can leave you vulnerable then to those deep passes. You know, if there is a play action pass or they do decide to take a shot. And for all of the Broncos' strengths on defense, and there have, you know, they've been really good on defense still. And I, I said this Monday, Phil, I think they were better against the Ravens than maybe most people. They I mean, give you, up those big plays. 
They did, but they, you know, they they held them to 23 points. I know you're you kind of question how many points they actually would have scored. That's all kind of behind us. But all that being said, they have been susceptible to deep balls. You know, they they gave up one. Trevor we, Lawrence had a big one. He had one week one against the Giants on the first drive by New York. You give up one. Uh, week three don't really have the same problem. That they was just kind of, of a success, yeah. yeah. But but certainly last week there's a deep one to Hollywood Brown. There's a couple coverage mistakes. It'll be easier, I think, because there won't be crowd noise because Pittsburgh will be quiet when the Steelers oh, are on offense. Yeah, sure. So it'll be easier to communicate on the back end. But still, I think you have to be cognizant and cautious of that, that you've seen Big Ben dunk it down. There's this temptation to go be really aggressive. Leave yourself a little susceptible. So guys are still going to have to make those one-on-one plays. Do you, do you want the Broncos crowd to be quiet when the Broncos are on defense? So you think there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans there? No, no, no. I'm saying at home games, you're like, oh, maybe it's good that they're on the road. That's what yeah. Justin Simmons said today. Yeah. That's kind of a counter. It's, I mean, it's good for the defensive signals. I don't think it's better overall because you're still hurting their offense. But Yeah, I like it loud. Okay. I we'll like trust you over what Justin, what Justin Simmons said. Yeah. yeah. I like it when Justin, they get rowdy. He don't care. Communication? Let's make it hard for the offense. Yes. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. And I think that probably 99.9% of people agree with me. Except maybe anyone that plays defense. No, I think they like it when it's loud, too. So too. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, – sometimes they do this, Eric, where they're like, come on. I have seen that. Have you seen that? Yeah. Those are the defensive players. So you think you that. think Justin Simmons was just I don't know making was, it up or something? I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. Maybe it was a momentary lapse in judgment. Oh. Momentary. What would you call your lapses? Momentary. I don't have lapses. Long-lasting. I don't have those. Long-lasting lapses. I don't take lapses. Yeah, LLL. I just run Long-lasting laps. lapses. I run laps. Not Got lapses. Nice. Yeah. You know I see. Um, what do you think? Uh, is Ronald Darby going to be able to play? I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see. I think Vic Fangio said a couple weeks ago with a hamstring. You kind of an extra week. Well, you kind of wait till a player says they're ready. Then you let him play after that, a week after that. Um, I, I would want to make sure that he's ready for the next week, yeah, because you don't want to the the Steelers they don't necessarily have a dynamic tight end the same way that the Raiders do in Darren Waller, and so to me, what you would want to make sure can happen is that Pat Sertan's available to play on the tight end. Ronald Darby can go back mm-hmm. to the right cornerback position. So if this week you need Pat Sertan for one more week, then Teams it is what it is. But on him a little, I could see Big Ben trying to pick on a rookie a little bit. Yeah. It's possible, but I, and again, Pat Sertan's day to day. Ronald Darby, we don't know where he is, so that's yeah. going to be another thing to watch. Is Can what healthy? are they going to do at, at that position? Um, Bryce Callahan's a pretty good, or, or really good corner that can play outside if needed, but you might suffer a little bit in the nickel if neither Darby nor uh, Sertan can go. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then Najee Harris, to me, Phil is maybe the one guy or the biggest guy that can beat you if. Uh, if he gets going, you got to stop him early, and you got to be aware when they run those screens or when they when they uh, dump it off to him. Yeah. Because gosh, I think the other day he, or maybe it was week two or something like that, he had like eighteen targets, and like the average target was two yards or something like that. And Shelby Harris said like if you're not careful and you don't swarm to him, he could boom thirty yards. Yeah. You know, so I mean, he had that stiff arm a couple weeks ago where he just threw somebody into the ground. He's a good player. Alabama players are pretty good. Yeah. 
Do you think like it'll be weird if Pat comes up and he wants to tackle him and he's Ooh. like, "Oh, I know you, Najee. What, uh, what's going on?" Like in slow motion. In it's slow like, motion. Yeah. And then it's like, "What's going on, man? I'm going to tackle you now." Yeah. And he's like, "Don't do I that, think man." I think he'll still tackle. Him. I think so too. Yeah. I will say, uh, somebody commented this, and I I will agree. Um, Sertan, when he goes to tackle, has been a, just a little bit grabby. I haven't seen him really come up and make a big tackle. He's been kind of like grabs a guy and try to like, just like kind of throw him down. I hope that doesn't become an issue. What do you have? You seen that? No, not as uh, I haven't studied his tackling. I need to take a. It has not look. been. I mean, Vic Fangio really likes tackling from his cornerbacks. It's not been. Um, has he missed he tackles? He he kind of usually delays the ball carrier until other people come in and finish it off. Interesting. Is what I've noticed. Yeah, because I can think of one. I think of one tackle from last week's game that was not good, but that was not Sertan. That was yeah. Kyle Fuller. Yeah, I know. They had him stopped about. on yeah, the yeah, sideline, yeah, exactly. and yeah. the guy just ran and then through. Then they kind of like held each other for a second on the sideline after. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But he gave, it shouldn't have been a first down. It no, up in a first but down. He, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, just maybe something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, that's not an issue. Definitely, and, and I do think the Broncos are going to need more out of whoever's playing opposite Von Miller. It's been yes, Malik. It's Malik been, Reed has not. Maybe like uh, the, I was expecting a little bit more out of Malik Reed this year. It's been Malik. It's been Jonathan Cooper at times. Cooper has not gotten close. But you, not like he did in the preseason. No, I, I think the issue has been, particularly in the run game, those guys have been washed out a little bit. They've got to set the edge. I mean, Baltimore's first touchdown, Cooper's unable to set the edge. Yep. That's what really an easy rushing touchdown because of that they've got to play better over there otherwise teams are just going to attack yep. whatever side von miller's not on because we know von's a great run stopper you know we for all that we think of him as like this great sack artist which he is oh, he's also very very good against the run but if those guys can't stop it they're gonna you know they're gonna just take advantage of that so that's something to watch, too. Uh, I will say the Ravens are unlike any other team in the NFL. And they, you know, Lamar Jackson is this threat that, you know, is, I've said it, though I think he's probably the most dangerous threat in the, in the NFL. This week, the Broncos won't have those same concerns. You know, like uh, the, they won't have to sell out to just stop the run. You know, uh, they won't have to do uncharacteristic things. I think they could just go play Broncos defense. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more traditional, normal. Yeah. Um, they can just line up and play. And that's why we said on Monday, not necessarily time to panic about the yeah. Broncos defense because that's just such a unique challenge. And Vaughn said we'll see him again. Who knows if that happens. Oh, I would love it. Eric, I would just love it. That week, I, I will be insufferable. <laughs> but I will say that playing them will have you better prepared if you have to play them again. But for now, you kind of go back to this other style of football. Yes. And it, it, it's hard for me to imagine if the Broncos do not turn the ball over. So say so you don't give them a short field or like a big punt return. They have a very dangerous – Ray Ray McLeod, I think, is their um, – their punt and kick return are very You're good. good if your name's Ray Ray. Very, very good. So I'm a little worried about that. But let's say no turnover, no like terrible turnovers where you give them the ball at your own 30. No, no big, like uh, no turnovers that are like those towels they have. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Yellow. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible. We don't want to see yellow on the field either. No. Well, unless it's against the Steelers. I don't. I don't. Like I think they're. Aren't they going to wear yellow? Are they? I would think black so. and yellow. Do they wear black? I think there's a song about their uniforms. 
purple. No. Black and no, no, and no, purple. No. Chet Hayes. No. That's not the one I'm talking about. Do you think about. Chet Hayes listens to this podcast? No. Maybe. Um, gosh, Brad Paisley might. <laughs> it's possible. He's got yeah. some questions for you if you uh, <laughs> if you're listening. What was I? Oh, so I was going to say probably, the, probably just a complete waste of time. But continue. If there is no, yeah, certainly not like this. Uh, if there's no turnovers in in your own territory, no big punter kick return, I have a really hard time seeing how Pittsburgh's going to score more than 17 points. Ooh, is it time to get to bold predictions? Is that bold? Uh, let's go ahead and move on to bold predictions, Eric. Let's hear it. Yeah, so, you know, barring one of those two things, I don't, I don't think the Steelers score more than 17. Okay. No, no, not more than 17. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it bold if I say the Broncos will have three takeaways? Yes, that's bold. That is bold, and I'm saying You it. think so? Uh, yeah, I think okay. Big Ben at minimum two interceptions, I think. Wow, okay. That's what I think, Minimum. He seems just a little off target to me. Well, even even in his uh, prime, he makes some throws where you're like, "What are you thinking?" Ooh, I remember uh, 2015 uh, against the Broncos. Late in that game, he throws a bad interception to Brandon Marshall. Gave the Broncos an opportunity to to get back in that game. They they couldn't do it, but it was a bad interception. Well, and then like the interception to Shelby Harris in 2018. Yeah, that's, that's a bad yeah, interception. Exactly, he lost the, the game there. The throw. Uh, that Justin Simmons picked off last year. That was not a particularly great decision. So for a vet like that, he makes a, some some plays. And there. we haven't really we haven't heard it this week. We've heard it in the past, but I think maybe Kareem Jackson said it last year. Somebody was like, "We know Big Ben's going to give you an opportunity to go make those plays." So they like playing. I, I think the secondary gets excited because you know there's going to be a couple chances there. Three takeaways. Yeah. Okay. Bold prediction on offense. Yeah. Let's see. I think the Broncos stick with the run game a little bit more this week. I think both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams go over 60 yards. Classic uh, number there for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. 60 yards. I mean, I can lower it 50 if we want. Well, no. Okay. Okay. No, it's got to be bold. Yeah. 60. Well, that's 120 yards rushing. That would be nice. that that, That might be the most they've combined or maybe not combined four, but like the most equal, yeah, balanced. exactly. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, I like that. How about would it be bold if I said like Albert O will have a touchdown in the game? No, I, th- I think that I that's think. it's not like he's a crazy touchdown maker. Yeah, I, I'll say Albert O gets a little bit more involved in this one. Okay, that's what I think, especially if Drew's out there, he likes throwing Albert. O. Yeah, you think Drew's gonna play? I don't know. No, I think Teddy, I think it's. Trending toward Teddy. Yeah, I think That's trending, I trending that direction. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Ooh, final score prediction. Yeah. Um, I would say with the three takeaways, and uh, I do think the Broncos bounce back this week. Okay. Uh, I don't think it'll be easy. I think Pittsburgh, their season is sort of in the balance a little bit. It's really in the balance. Um, one and three. So, so I two think and that three is very different than one and four. Yeah. Just like four and one yeah. is very different than two than three and two. Yes. Can we, for this can we talk about that for one second? Oh, yeah. Just like the difference in feeling. If you go okay, out and you four and one and you bounce back after the Ravens game, I think you're feeling like that was a uh, It was just a blip. Yep. You come back home, you're playing a division rival for the first time. Yep. You're tied atop the AFC West. Yep. You can really make different a statement. I mean there is this there's this notion out there that and we've heard a lot of people say it. The Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders are all on a different level than the Broncos. 
I don't like that. Oh uh, yeah. But if you if you win this weekend and then you come home and you got a chance to smack the Raiders around a little bit, you can say, "Hey, we're right in this mix." If you lose this weekend and you're three and two, I think there's a lot more Spiraling. questions. Well, I don't I don't you know got, about you spiral, can't lose but, three in a row. That's two back to back losses. They've been figured out. They can't beat a quality opponent. That's the that's the biggest that's, thing to me is. Is this team actually good? Or are they just beating up on bad teams? And then you come back and it's almost a must win against the Raiders because if you, if you lose that and fall to three and three, you're probably not getting the bye any better than five and five. And now you got to go five and two after the bye to even have a chance. And with three division road games, that's a really yeah, tall it's ass. A big game. So I know you love one, the schedule. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking of how do you how do you put yourself in position at the bye to to be ready for the stretch run when you when you have Jerry Judy back and yep. you get Bradley Chubb back and you know Ronald Darby's fully healthy and you know yeah. when you have a more complete team can you be ready to go and I just I think six and four is the very worst you can be at going the bye. At, at the bye yeah yeah I think just the, in terms of you know what'll be strange is if the Broncos lose this one. They'll say they can't beat a good team. If the Broncos win this one, they'll say Pittsburgh wasn't very good. Well, so that's just the. How that's it's okay. Be. And yeah. if, and with four wins and one loss, you'll say whatever. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. So okay, my score prediction for this one, I'll say Broncos. I'll say uh, twenty-three, and I'll okay. and I'll think Steelers thirteen. 23-13 is what you said. I think the Broncos win 23-13. It's very similar to what you said last week. Didn't you say 24-13 last week? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just – I think this maybe is, you well, like that score. The AFC North, you know. They're, they're yeah. Kind of, I will say – I'm saying 23-13. And this is – this is um, I only have a lot of faith in getting a win if Teddy plays. So you think that – don't – let's not hedge on the score prediction. Let's just hear it. Well, this is my score prediction if Teddy plays. Okay. I don't think the score is going to be the same if Drew plays. That's fair to I say. Know, but I'm not going to yeah. give you a score for I, Drew. I, I did the Teddy one, too. Yeah. I will say uh, – what did you say? 23-13? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say 23, but um, I'll go – You can say 23. No, that's okay. I'll go 27 to 16. 16? Yeah. Wow. One less than the 17 you earlier said in your book. Yeah, I said no more than 17. Yeah. 23-16. Okay. Or 20, what did I say? 27-16. 27-16. Okay. Higher scoring than I said. Yeah. Interesting. Because okay. I, think, I think some of these turnovers, you might uh, have a situation where you're in good field position. Yes, and so maybe you just – Maybe you get an extra one. Extra yeah. Score. Okay. I say they stay with the running game a little bit, time of possession, some longer drives. I think 23 is. I think that's about right. Okay. Should we get to some voicemails? Let's that's do why it. I grabbed the Let's phone. do it. Yeah, I was confused. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm listening. Like, I'm just trying to get to uh, some voicemails okay. here. Okay. Uh, let's start out with a first-time caller. Uh, hi, this is Ken in uh, Maryland, a lifelong Broncos fan. I just wanted to say I just watched the last um, broadcast. Um, following the uh, the Ravens' loss, and I totally agree with Eric uh, with an A. Um, I was really disappointed that Drew failed to be prepared. You know, backups come out in relief all the time and perform well enough to win games for their teams. We can't blame this on lack of reps. This was the result of Drew's own lack of preparation. Eric, first of all, 
suspect caller just because he says he totally agrees with you. But he did Why get Eric you? with an A. Yeah. That was good. So he says uh, it's Drew. Drew should have been ready to go. You know, like it doesn't matter how many reps. You've got to be ready to go. Yeah, that's just, that's just what it's like in this league when you're a backup. Like we mentioned on Monday, he'd really only it's only been three or four weeks without a ton of reps. So you would have hoped that he would uh, have been a little more ready to go. It'll be, I'm not sure, especially if Teddy's limited on Thursday and Friday or, or whatever the plan might be. Not sure he's going to get that many more reps anyway this week. I mean, Wednesday he certainly will, but it's not like he's getting. If Teddy can go, it's not like he's going to get every single rep anyway. So he's going to still have to figure out how do I handle this from a mental perspective? How do I make sure I'm ready to go? Because even if Teddy starts, knock on wood, he, Drew's still got to be ready in case there's another injury. So yeah. he's he's got to figure this out. Hopefully this is a learning experience for him. It was not a game the Broncos were trending in the right direction anyway. But if there's a game that they need him to come in for, you know, say it's tied or you're down three or whatever and you need him to to do something. He's got to be ready to go. Hopefully this serves as a learning experience. Yeah. And Vic Fangio sort of defended Drew Locke on Wednesday and said that, you know, he, he seemed like he was ready to go is what Vic said. And then he said that uh, Drew does not look at his career trajectory as a career backup. And so maybe that mindset got in the way a little bit. I don't know. Uh, the next caller took a different approach. Hey guys, so I just want to say, first off, I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, I listen every night, usually right after I get home from my, my work. Uh, and I just want, you know, thank you guys for making the podcast and everything like that. I love listening to them. I love y'all's takes on everything. Uh, so my main question is, um, do you think that you can pin the loss on the Ravens or to the Ravens against Drew Locke or against our offense? Because a lot of people have been saying, you know, we saw what we saw in 2020 and 2019 with Drew Locke just not being able to move the ball in first and second down. He can sometimes get you out of those, you know, third and long with his arm, but rarely can he get you down the field and everything like that. Now, personally, I've loved Drew Locke since he's been out of Missouri. I've followed him since he's been out of Missouri. I'm a big Drew Locke guy, so I could be personally biased, but I personally do not believe that that loss was Drew Locke's fault. You have to think, he didn't practice against the Ravens, defense or scout squad quote unquote at all during practice he didn't get any of those reps because he was not you know he's not the starter we're giving most of those to teddy and he had to come in with no warm-up uh you know he got to warm up a little bit before halftime but he didn't get his arm loose everything like that you could tell that there were uh connection problems between him and Cortland sutton and everything like that and, you know of course he made some bad throws and he made some bad decisions like that pick at the end uh and everything like that but also i think the main i don't think it's fair to blame it on drew lock and i think this week is the real test to see what the issue is with Drew Locke and see, hey, is he actually a good quarterback now or is he still the same 2019-2020 Drew Locke that we saw before that just cannot move the ball down the field? So he he tries to defend Drew Locke a little bit there and says it's not his fault. I'm not going to say the loss is Drew Locke's fault because they're trailing by 10 points when you go in. The defense let up some big plays. They were not perfect by any stretch. Special teams was not good enough. But Drew Locke did not do anything to help this team. That, to me, is the biggest thing, is that you need your quarterback to elevate what you do on offense. I think a lot of the times Teddy Bridgewater does that. That was not the case against the Ravens when Drew Locke went in there. Um, some throws that were just off the mark, the deep balls that weren't necessarily thrown correctly, obviously took several sacks. 
It's not to say that Drew can't play better because we've seen Drew play better. So it's not like he has to take. You know, he, he talked about the. I don't know if he left a name. It sounded that was he kind of an anonymous, name, yeah. anonymous voicemail. Anti AJ maybe is who he could call. <laughs> yeah, maybe that yeah. caller. But um, you know, people are saying, "Well, is Drew going to make this jump? He can play better even without making the jump because we've seen that from him in the past." But so I didn't train. He can right, but to assume that he's going to make this giant leap. I think I'm at the point, for Phil, where I need to see that in order to kind of believe that's going to happen. Yeah, and I think that uh, the the thing about not facing the Ravens scout team uh, defense out in practice, like Drew, uh, as a backup, needs to be locked in to the point where maybe he's not getting the physical reps, but he is ready to go if needed. And so he has the playing experience. He he should be able to, if he's mentally locked in during the week, just step up and, and get it done there. And we've seen that happen in the past. Like, just think, for example, last year when Miami was here, Tua plays that whole game, and then they make the switch, they put in Fitz, and they almost win that game. You know, and I'm sure that week Fitz did not get all the reps. Now, Fitz obviously a, a career-long, like, person in that role. So... I think it it is possible to just come in and, and give your team a spark even uh, sometimes as a backup. And Drew, I think, uh, probably learned some things about being a backup quarterback last week. And so we'll see if uh, if he's needed again at some point in the season. I bet you we're going to see a little bit more of a locked-in player. And if he need if he's needed this week to start, I think we'll see a more locked-in player too. So one last voicemail I get to here, a very um, – uh, maybe I can say sad Bronco Batman. Mm-hmm. What's up, Neutral Zone? This is Bronco Batman. Tough loss in every uh, aspect of the game. But you know what? The Broncos can be resilient. I believe we can bounce back these next three games. Pittsburgh, the Raiders, and the Browns. I say we go 2-1. and one. And that would mean we go five and two. Not bad. Not bad. I think we can really do it. And if Drew Locke starts this next game because of Bridgewater's uh health status, I think I think Locke's gonna ball out. But if not, hopefully Bridgewater can bounce back. Bronco Batman, that's not what you normally sound like, so I hope that Morose is the word I would use. Hopefully, we've uh, encouraged you a little bit throughout the beginning of the show here, so that now you're feeling a little more energized. Yeah. He seemed to be, what he was saying, confident. He thought that even if Drew was needed, he would ball out. Yeah. It's possible. It is possible. And again, I like we said just a second ago, I do think he's going to raise the standard of where he's played, but 2-1 and one would be great. We said a few weeks ago, 2-2 two and two is what you're looking for. So obviously, if you can go two and one over the next three weeks, you'd be in really good shape. I even think one and two, you're still probably okay. It's just that you can't let this become a a four game losing streak. Yeah, good teams don't lose four games. In no, a and it is interesting how all these games kind of got lumped in. You know, like with that Thursday night there, it's a natural sort of pause to just say, let's look at these next three games as a grouping. You know, it's not just sort of a normal part of the season. It's like these three games, this is going to be a big determining factor where this Broncos team is. Yeah. Uh, an email to get to here. This is from David Walsh, who wrote in from Japan. 
Wow. So uh, I'm not going to read the whole email here, but uh, he just says that uh, he's lived in Japan 20-plus years, but he's from Denver originally, went to South High. Okay, then he went to CU Boulder. That's a pretty good school. See you, Boulder. Uh, he's lived all over the place, but he's a really big Broncos fan. So I uh, just wanted to take some time uh, to shout out here. He says, my wife just asked that if the Broncos won or lost uh, to just modify his behavior a little bit. And I think that you and me are kind of like that too, right? Yeah. Uh, at least I'm like that. So he, uh, he uh, has requested a sticker, and I think that we have put one in the mail wow. all the way out to Japan. So Send him whatever you, you want. Much. Mr. Walsh for the email, and we appreciate uh, NZ World really stepping up here. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, if you'd like a sticker, uh, you can just send in an email there, neutral zone, neutral zone show at gmail dot com, or if you want to be a part of the show, seven zero seven neutral, and we'll play your voicemail uh, just like we do with Bronco Batman there. Definitely nice to have uh, two new voices there. Yeah, that's great. We you love know, new like new voicemails are always nice. Leave a comment on YouTube if that's where you're watching, and we read all of those. If you think my hair looks nice, maybe you can just say just say it. It's okay. You're fishing for compliments. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, or just hit up hit us up on Twitter at Eric Delilah with an A at Phil Milani with a PH. Non traditional spellings there, Eric. That's true. Uh, any shout outs to get to here before we say goodbye? Mm. I don't know. Well, naturally, Liz Gerald's. Yes. And I also think for the very first time, we shout out Blair Gerald's. He left uh, some comments on our on our he little nice, show. He asked a nice little question on our yeah. YouTube. You can follow along live watching, Monday Blair. nights. Breckenridge Breweries, Farmhouse in Littleton. Bla- Blair, come on out. Yeah, Blair, where, you, what are you, you doing? You can get a beer. Yeah. Just hang out with us. Maybe you can, we'll pull you up on stage. Yeah, yeah it could be nice. It could be fun. Our dear friend Kevin also left some comments. Uh, Kevin? I don't remember reading. I think you Kevin. read a lot of comments. KMH. KMH. Oh, you know that person. No, he just loves the show. Big fan. Oh, kind of like okay. Tom Magnetti. No. no. No, 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 no. We well, I feel, like, I feel like we know them. You kind of, yeah, exactly. I see what you're you saying. You see what you're yeah. saying. You like so know like you them. you kind of know them. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What was this? Kevin. Kevin, Kevin huh? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. He yeah. said he might come out, so. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, every Monday from 6 to 7, Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse. Farm home. Off, uh, off of Santa Fe out in Littleton. Yeah. Brewery Lane. Very nice. Brewery Lane. Yeah. There's something just nice about that. Brewery Lane. I think you're thinking like she lives on Drury Lane. Yeah, maybe. Like the yeah. fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah. She lives on Brewery something Lane. something nice about a lane. Oh. You know, it's like better than an avenue Who's or a, a lane? road. <laughs> a lane from Seinfeld. Yeah. Something nice about her? <laughs> Uh, Eric, I was going to shout out time, uh, Phil. Uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity. They had the CEO build uh, earlier this week. Broncos president and CEO Joe Ellis was out there helping build some affordable homes, Eric. Great and the, work. The thing about this is they're not, they don't just give these homes away. You know, They build these homes, but then they sell them. The homes they were building, uh, they were up in North Denver in the Aria neighborhood, $300,000. Okay, for these for these homes, uh, much lower than what they would be appraised at, and then the idea is that they keep these homes affordable for ninety nine years, is what wow. they do. So it's not like it's going to skyrocket. Nobody's buying these houses and then trying to flip them for a quick profit. They're staying affordable, and that's going to help these families 
for generations, you know, and it, it, it's going to help build equity, build wealth through this. And uh, it's a really cool thing that Habitat for Humanity is doing. And these CEOs, you know, you don't normally think of a CEO going out there, got the tool belt on, got some work boots. <laughs> yes. Did you have work boots on? I had work boots on, okay. yeah. I, I always wear my work boots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really cool deal. That's awesome. So, yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, and I was out there for a little bit. <laughs> I'm not I, a CEO. I was there. I'm not a CEO. I just showed up. I yeah. was like, can I help? And they yeah. were like, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I, I hammered a little bit. I got the hammer gun. <laughs> Nail gun? Nail gun. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Real, so, uh, yeah. Real blue collar guy over here with the hammer gun. Man of the people. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm going to get killed for that. <laughs> yeah. I'll edit it out. Nope. Should I? Nope. You no. got to leave the okay. the hammer gun. Gosh dang it. You yeah. know, I tend yeah. to. Out here in your work boots I, with your hammer I, gun. It doesn't really matter what it is. I kind of mess up things like yeah. that anyway, you know. Yeah. I think, what did I say? Apples and bananas. Yeah. Which, this is worse. <laughs> they, you know, like uh, if this is, a normal thing, two things that are different, apples and oranges. If they're really different, apples, apples and, bananas. and bananas. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll break down whatever happens between the Broncos and Steelers on Monday. Come out to Breckenridge Brewery if you live in the Denver area. If not, we'll be live on the Broncos YouTube page. And that's a fun show, Eric. I yeah, like it. It's a lot of fan questions. Yeah. So make sure you check that out. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani, and you've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.